If you'd like to spend some time with real people with a real heart for God, we welcome you to visit us at Harvest Church in Alexandria, Virginia. Our Sunday morning services are held at 1030, and our Family Night Fellowship takes place on Wednesday at 7 p.m. Come experience God's awesome, life-changing power as we worship in His presence, fellowship with one another, commit to discipleship, and share God's love through evangelism. For more information or directions, visit HarvestNova.com. That's HarvestNova.com. Baggage unloading the unnecessary. I want to just quickly review last week's message. Last week's message was entitled Traveling Light from Matthew chapter 11. We asked the question, how can you lighten your load as you travel through life? We said there were three ways. First of all, look to Jesus. Secondly, link with Jesus. And thirdly, learn from Jesus. And uh, so that's just, if you missed last week, as apparently many of you did, um, that is, that's all I'm going to say about that. But that's a synopsis of last week's message. Well, for today, I, having just begun uh, this sermon series and knowing that it's Father's Day, and of course I did preach a Mother's Day sermon this year. I don't preach Mother's and Father's Day sermons every year. I did preach Mother's, and we needed to give dads equal time. So I tried to figure out a way to combine the theme of our series that we just started with the fact that it's Father's Day. And so I came up with uh, a message entitled, Fatherhood made simple. Fatherhood made simple. Now I know what some of you are saying, some of you dads are saying, Pastor Tim, fatherhood is anything but simple. Well, I will grant you that at times that's the case. But what, what I didn't entitle the message is Father's Day made easy, okay? Let's not confuse simple with easy. Because fatherhood like motherhood is not always easy. Matter of fact, it rarely is. But I want to share some, just some simple principles. We're talk, keep in mind the theme of our series, unloading the unnecessary, boiling things down uh, to uh, their rudimentary elements. And so I want to share some, uh, just a couple of simple principles uh, for fatherhood today. Um, Father's Day, you may know what the beginning of it was attributed to uh, an American woman named uh, Sonora Dodd Smart. She grew up in a family, excuse me, and uh, her mother passed away when she was young and uh, she was the firstborn of her family. And uh, after her mother passed away, her father raised five children and... um, and uh, the mother passed away during the birth of the sixth child. So Sonora was 16 years old. Her father raised the five younger children. And Sonora noticed, uh, of course, the, the celebration of Mother's Day and said there should be a, a day for fathers. And she advocated for that in honor of her father. And Father's Day began. I said this morning I want to share some simple principles, and so if you're, if you're following along, I just have two, two principles to share with you today, okay? So um, with any luck, we can beat the Baptists to uh, lunch today, all right? All right. What, the question I want to answer today is what are some simple principles for being godly fathers? 
What are some simple principles for being godly fathers? The first one is this. Leave your failures behind. Leave your failures behind. You know, when we look at fathers in the Bible, we can see a lot of fathers who failed. Adam, the first father, along with his wife Eve, had two sons. One became jealous of the other and killed him. You know that. Cain killed Abel. <coughs> Excuse me. And, um, you know, I don't know how much blame Adam has for that as the father, but you can draw your own conclusion. There was a man named Lot. He was Abraham's nephew. And the Bible records that in his elderly age, his two daughters got him drunk, got him inebriated, and had him uh, father children for each of them. You talk about a messed up family. And the descendants of Lot's first daughter were the Moabites. You may recall later in biblical history, Ruth, the great-grandmother of Jesus, was a Moabitess. This means that Jesus came from a lineage of a family that had committed incest. Abraham was a friend of God. He had a wife, Sarah, but he also had a child with his wife's maid. And he also lied about who his wife, Sarah, was. Isaac had one wife, Rebecca, but uh, he uh, favored his oldest son, Esau, over his younger son, Jacob. That's not a good formula for parenting, is it? Jacob was an unusual father. He married two sisters. He had children with their maids. He also showed favoritism by loving Joseph more than his other children. David, the scriptures describe as a man after God's own heart, yet he was an adulterer and a murderer. His son Solomon uh, allowed himself to be led into idolatry by his many wives. That's quite a litany of a failure of fatherhood, isn't it? Biblical fathers practiced incest, adultery, fornication, polygamy, and idolatry, and committed murder. Yet many of them were considered men of God, friends of God, men after God's own heart. Truth of the matter is, we all fail, don't we? Now, uh, whether or not you and I, and I say this as one of you dads today, whether or not we've been guilty of some of the horrible things these biblical fathers did, I'm sure I can speak for all of us when I say we can look back on a host of our own failures, can't we? Let's just admit it, dads. Our wives know it anyway, so let's just admit it. There are basically two types of failures. Mistakes and sin. We've all made mistakes. This, of course, includes fathers and everyone else. The thing to do when we make a mistake, first of all, is admit it. That's hard for us sometimes, isn't it? I was wrong. We can hardly get the words out. I made a mistake. Uh, recognize, acknowledge our mistakes, and then hopefully learn from them. We will always make mistakes, right? But hopefully, we won't make the same types of mistakes over and over again. That's called not learning from your mistakes. You know, we want to make New mistakes, we don't want to, but we, we, we want the mistakes we make to be new mistakes. So we learn from our mistakes, and our mistakes should become fewer and fewer as we mature. When it comes to sin, 
we need to confess our sin and repent. Hebrews 10, 16 and 17 says this, This is the covenant I will make with them after that time, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and I will write them on their minds. Then he adds, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more. Praise God. Aren't you thankful that there's forgiveness for our sin? That God says, I will remember their lawless acts no more. That's why some of these biblical fathers whose failures we cataloged a few minutes ago can still be called friends of God because they found forgiveness at the hand of Almighty God. And we all may do the same. When we repent, the Lord forgives us. I have two specific final thoughts on our own personal failures, our failures that we need to leave behind. The first is this, your failures do not have to define you. Your failures do not have to refine, define you. If you have received Christ as your Savior, your past failures are powerless over you. I'm going to say that again. If you have received Christ as your Savior, your past failures are powerless over you. Romans 8 verses 1 and 2 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. I love that, don't you? There's no condemnation. Satan and hell and all his demons can't condemn you. Uh, nobody else on the planet can point out your sins to you. Yes, they, you committed them. Yes, they're a reality. But the scripture says there's no condemnation if you're in Christ Jesus. And dads, and, and it's true for everyone, of course, but for dads especially today, yes, it's easy to look back on our failures, our shortcomings, our mistakes, our sin, and it's easy to get weighed down with regrets and say, I wish I did this differently, and I wish I did that differently. And we all have those thoughts from time to time. But I want you to know, there is no one who can point a finger at you. There is no one who can condemn you, and you need to stop condemning yourself. Because you've been forgiven. You are in Christ Jesus, and you need to leave your past failures behind you. Leave them in the rearview mirror. They don't have to define you. And I know we, we, we hear messages or we hear things about the kind of fathers we should be, and we say sometimes, boy, I don't know, I just don't measure up. Well, we may not all measure up perfectly, but I can tell you this, that our past failures we need to leave behind us because we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. He says, their sins and lawless acts I will remember no more, and there is no condemnation. So your failures do not have to define you. Don't let anybody else define you by your failures, and don't define yourself by your failures. What's the second thought? I want to leave with you about failure. Leaving your failures behind doesn't mean that you will never fail again. Leaving your failures behind, of course, doesn't mean that you won't fail again. But as a Christian dad, you can deal with your failures and move on. You see, the problem is we, we, commit, we, we sin, we fall short, we fail, and we, we, we just kind of let it lay there. Or lie there, whatever the correct English is. <laughs> but but we, we, we leave it unresolved. 
Listen to what the Word of God says in 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Wow. What a powerful, powerful promise the Word of God issues to you and me today. Pastor Tim, you don't know how bad I've blown it. You don't know how much I've failed as a dad, as a man, as a person. You don't know how, how, how low I've sunk. No, I don't, but God does. And he still says, if you confess your sin, he's faithful and just to forgive you of all your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. I, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for that truth today. It's not a get-out-of-jail-free card. It's not a license to sin. Paul said in one place, said, because of grace should we sin that grace may abound. He said, God forbid. We don't, we don't uh, uh, you know, test the grace of God. We don't use it at a, as a get-out-of-jail-free card. We're not saying it doesn't matter what we do. We're saying that as we do our best to serve God, we're going to fail sometimes. We're going to fall short sometimes. And as we do, we need to acknowledge our failure and look to God, confess our sin, and He will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Hallelujah. We're going to fail again, but there'll be forgiveness for us every single time. There's a traveling museum called the Museum of Failure. You ever hear of that? How many want to see that? The Museum of Failure recognizes more than 100 failed inventions. Some of the failed inventions are the Apple Newton, Google Glass, I like this one, Harley-Davidson perfume. That's a nice birthday, Christmas, Mother's Day present for your wives, guys. Hun, here's a big bottle of Harley-Davidson perfume. The builders of this museum want to encourage humanity to, quote, accept failure, learn from it, and truly achieve progress. I don't know about you, I would hate to see a museum of my failures. <laughs> Guys, come on. I'd hate to see that. And you wouldn't like to see it either. And you see, that's what the enemy wants to do. The enemy of your souls wants to uh, build a museum to your failures. He wants to parade them in front of your eyes, in front of your consciousness, and point the finger at you. God doesn't keep a museum of our failures. God wipes them away. God forgives our sin. God, God, God takes away our mistakes and our shortcomings and our failures. And so to, to uh, one simple principle to be a godly father is leave your failures behind. Leave them in the rearview mirror. Don't let them weigh you down. God doesn't want you to do that and you shouldn't want to do that to yourself. Leave your failures behind. Amen? What's the second simple principle? There are only two this morning. Leave your failure behind. And secondly, lead your family forward. Lead your family forward. I want to share a scripture, a familiar scripture with you. Joshua chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. Uh, Israel has made conquest of the land of Canaan, the land that God had promised them. They had to come and, and, and do battle and cast out the 
you surfers who had, uh, had, had the squatters who had taken over the land. And at the end of that time, as they're getting ready to settle in the promised land, Joshua, the leader of the nation, said this. He, after rehearsing what God had done in the previous verses, what God had done for them, how God had led them, God had been faithful in helping them drive out the, their enemies, and, and God had provided this land for them. Joshua said this uh, in Joshua 24, 14. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household... We will serve the Lord. We will serve the Lord. I suggest to you that this passage suggests three ways we can lead our families forward as godly men. Joshua here, of course, was not only the, the, the leader of his family, but he was the leader of the nation. He was as the mantle had passed from Moses to Joshua. Joshua, in essence, was a father to the nation. And so he's speaking to them and, and, and sharing with us how to lead your family forward. There, there are three ways suggested in this passage. First of all, we lead our family forward by making a daily choice. He said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Make a choice. See, we have to understand, I alluded to it a moment ago, uh, the, the nations, the, the peoples that they had uh, battled with that had taken over the, the promised land, they, they were pagan peoples. They served a multiplicity of so-called gods. And we see all through the Old Testament the temptation of God's people to turn away from wholehearted and exclusive worship of their God Jehovah, the one true God, and worship these pagan so-called gods. And so it was a very real decision that had to be made. And Joshua said, choose you this day whom you will serve. Now, we might say, you know, in the 21st century, we're more sophisticated and we don't serve a God of the, you know, a God of the water and a God of the sky and God of the trees and God of the grass and this and that, like many of them did. But we have our own gods that we serve. The God of materialism, the God of, of pleasure, the God of self. We can go on and on. You can, you can name all the gods that vie for our attention. And I believe the call of Joshua still goes forward to those who are leading their families forward and says, choose you this day whom you will serve. How many know serving God is a daily choice? It's a daily choice. The Apostle Paul said, I've quoted many times, I die daily. I die to my own desires, my own wishes, my own agenda every single day. So it's a choice Make a daily choice. I choose to serve you, God, today in my business dealings, in my interactions with other people, in my thought life, 
in the choices I make. I choose to serve you. Joshua was issuing a call to the leaders of the families of Israel saying, make a choice this day and every day. Who are you going to serve? Who are you going to serve in your business dealings? Who are you going to serve in, in, in how you handle your finances? Who are you going to serve in all the decisions you make? Choose this day and every day who you're going to serve. So we lead our families forward, first of all, dads, by making a daily choice. Secondly, we lead our families forward by setting a godly example. As for me, Joshua said, you make your choice. This is my choice. As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. Our kids need our example. Our kids need to be continually told and more importantly, continually shown that our relationship with God is our top priority. We need to live it. We need to be the example and, 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 and I can't stress enough the most important aspect. We're going to make mistakes. But the most important aspect of leading our family and being a godly dad is setting an example. Being a man of prayer. Being a man who's faithful to the house of God. Being a man who, 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 who gives to the work of God. Being a man who serves in ministry. Being a man who, who has integrity in, in his business dealings and how he fills out his income tax and how he relates to other people. Being a man whose word is his bond, who speaks the truth even when it's not convenient. Being a man who lives by the principles of the word of God and setting an example. Your kids will be influenced a thousand times more by what you do than what you say. What you say is important, but what you do is even more important. And, and one of the things I, I, I learned early on, and I wasn't perfect at it, but I, I, early on I learned when I blew it, when I made a mistake, and my kids were, I know they're smart enough to know that dad blew it and dad made a mistake and dad was unfair, whatever it was, I would go to them and say, hey, dad was wrong, dad made a mistake, dad shouldn't have said that, dad shouldn't have done that. Pastor Tim, I don't, I don't agree with that. I think my kids always need to see me as being right. Well... Uh, that would be great if you always were right, but you're not. And the kids will learn integrity and honesty when you admit to them at an appropriate age, when, you, when, they, when they can see, when they can understand, you admit to them when you blew it. As for me. As for me. And, and I don't sense any self-righteousness here. You know? I'm, 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 a, I'm, I'm uh, you know, a super believer in God. I'm not saying we should present ourselves as super Christians who, who never make a mistake, just the opposite, as I just said. But strive and all we do is set the example. As for me, this is what I'm going to do. Set a godly, setting a godly example. The third way we can lead our families forward is by being a loving shepherd. As for me and my household. Now, I know we live in uh, 2023. I know that 
there are a lot of folks and a lot of teachings that disagree with the concept of leadership in the home. But Ephesians uh, chapter 5 talks about godly husbands and fathers setting the tone of a home and being the godly leader, not the dictator, not the person who always gets their own way, but being a loving leader in the home. Being a shepherd. I use that word shepherd because what does a shepherd do for his sheep? He cares for the sheep. He, he uh, you know, dispenses. That when, it, when a sheep wanders off and the shepherd, Jesus said, that leaves the 99 and goes to find the one who's wandered off and he'll get it. And sometimes, sometimes that shepherd will deal in a way that seems harsh with that wandering sheep. Sometimes he'll even break, break its leg. Why? So that, uh, so that sheep, wandering sheep will learn to be obedient and not to wander. So um, a loving shepherd says, sets the tone for the household. Say, Pastor Tim, I can't force my wife to serve God. I can't force my kids to, to, to serve God and become Christians. No, you absolutely can't. There comes a day for every young child when they reach what we call the age of accountability. It's different for every child. They understand right from wrong. And uh, we, you know, every time we do a baby dedication, we uh, have the, the, the parents pledge that when they feel their child can understand right from wrong, they will do their best to lead them to receive Christ. But that is, a, that is a, the, the child's choice. And we can't force them to serve God, but we can certainly set the tone in the home. We can certainly have a, a home where, where the, the things of God are paramount, where there's worship music playing, where, where we monitor what is on television and the media, that it doesn't dishonor God and violate scriptural principles. Dads, that's our job, to set the tone, to say this household will be a household that honors Almighty God. That's what a loving shepherd does. He leads. Shepherds never drive the sheep, they lead the sheep. So it's so important for, for godly fathers to lead their families forward. One startling bit of research conducted by the Christian Businessmen's Committee found the following. When the father of a family is an active believer, there is about a 75% likelihood that the children will also become active believers. But if only the mother is a believer, the, 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 the percentage of likelihood that the children will be believers drops to 15%. Fifteen percent if only the mother serves God. Seventy-five percent. These are just averages. These are percentages. Seventy-five percent more likely if the dad is serving God, mom and dad. That's a sobering statistic. That that you know that 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 speaks to me. Our time is is almost gone. I I, I want to say this. I. One of, the, one of the saddest parts of my ministry was counseling a family, a husband and wife, who were having a problem with their teenager. And the father, at one point, as we're talking about it, said to me, you know, I think the handling of the kids and discipline and dealing with all their stuff, that's my wife's job. I don't do that. I provide a good living. 
I put a roof over their head, clothes on their back. That's my job. All that other stuff I leave to my wife. Boy, my heart was broken. And, and wow. And that's the attitude some dads have today. It's our job, dads. Set the tone. So what are the simple principles for being godly fathers? First, leave your failures behind. Amen. There's no more condemnation. What, what we've done in the past is in the past. Secondly, lead your family forward. If you're here today and you say, hey, I, boy, that hadn't, that hadn't been my, you know, I've, I've really fallen short. You know, today can be a brand new day. Father's Day 2023 can be the start of a, a upward trend in our families. We say, God, I made mistakes in the past, but Lord, I, I want to be the dad, the leader, the example that you've called me to be. I believe in new beginnings. How about you? Amen. Amen.